In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, how many times have you heard me say, have you heard Brian say, have you heard us all say, um, it's about the gospel? We emphasize gospel saturation. Well, there's a reason. And by the way, you're going to hear us say it a lot more because on Good News for the City, we emphasize, believe in, and support gospel saturation. And joining us today are two folks who have launched a new movement dedicated to just that, Hmm. gospel saturation. Man, Brian, how I mean, being saturated with the gospel... uh, what better could you do, right? Mm-hmm. It's dedicated to winning souls and making disciples, just the things that we are called to do. So let's talk about it. And of course, hey, to get us started here to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, man, it's good to see you again, brother. You know, it's good to be seen. And you know, there's every time that we're going to do a show um, we get this lead sheet, which kind of gives us information and it gives us a title of the show and that sort of yes, thing. And yes. today's title is one of them bringing bold faith to a broken world. I love that title because it is very, very clear uh, in the world that we live in, especially in the United States of America, where the vast majority of people are going to be listening to this show anyway, um, that we need bold faith. And if the current environment in the United States has shown us anything that we live in a broken world. I'm not so yes. sure it's more broken than it used to be, but I'm definitely yeah. sure that we're exposed to the brokenness more we than we used more. to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so in that, we as believers have a call, a call to be people who live out the good news, the gospel. As you end the show, every, every time that we end, we end with that statement. It's the gospel that makes a way. It is the Amen. good news of Jesus Christ that is transformative. And I know that's the belief of both of our guests today. They happen to be husband and wife. They're, they're together, which makes it so much easier as we talk in this sort of different that. environment we've been doing that, over the man. last several months. But let yeah. me tell you about who you'll be hearing from today. First is Jonathan Z. Queen. He is an award-winning author, minister, mentor, and motivational speaker. He's the president and co-founder of New Minds LLC and the creator of the Start a Change Reaction School Assembly. He works as an assistant counselor for delinquent kids, parenting specialist for a county jail, and he's the director of the Shiloh Baptist Boys to Men Transitional Training Program. He's also a member of the National Exodus Council, NEC, if you want to look it up, and a nationwide campaign, it's a nationwide campaign comprised of formerly incarcerated professionals, all are former members of the criminal, drug, and gang culture who now serve as beacons of hope, the truth about the good news that makes a way. And they, they serve that as beacon of hope for those who desire to make a positive change as well. And their motto there is serving our country after serving our time. 
As well as I mentioned, he's here uh, with his wife, Lena. Lena Queen, she's the discipleship coordinator at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. She's also the vice president of New Minds and the owner of Queen Essentials. She studied human resource management at Virginia College, studied Bible at Lancaster Bible College at Capital Seminary in graduate school. And she's also pursuing a master's degree uh, in clinical mental health counseling at Capital Bibleist Seminaries. And one thing I didn't mention at the time is that Jonathan actually still currently serves as a youth pastor at First Baptist Church Glen Arden. So I got to get both of that in. Sometimes amidst this COVID, our information isn't up to date as it needs to be. So there we go. Up to date. Hey, Brian, you know what I'd like to ask, man? These guys are just loafers. I yeah. Mean, what, a, what, what are you guys doing? Your spare? No, I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> I'm worn out listening to your bios, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we just added something. So uh, thank you oh for that grace and that. Thank you for Jonathan and, that. and Lena have worn me out just listening to what they do, man. <laughs> well, Jonathan, Lena, you may not listen to this show a lot, but this is yeah. usually the time where I, I mentioned Dennis' advanced age and how easily he gets worn out. But I wouldn't do that at this particular time. I mean, it's hard to believe I'm going to be 39 years old already. I'm yeah. Just, that? yeah. It is hard about that. Well, hey, um, we are going to talk about the new book, One of Them, in just a, a second. Uh, but before we jump into the book, I want to talk a little bit about uh, New Minds. It came up there in your very long and very good bio. Uh, could one of you guys just kind of tune us in a little bit about, for people who may not know what that is about, what is New Minds about? Uh, well, first of all, we want to thank y'all for having us. This is a, an amazing opportunity. And we are fans. We love what you are doing with um, just bringing the gospel uh, the good news, and I've definitely been following what y'all have been doing with racial uh, reconciliation and all of the great conversations. So we are grateful. So I salute you, uh, Brian and Dennis, and your Amen. amazing Thank team. You. Um, Thank you. So, uh, Lena, you want to go ahead and give them the, the technical of New Minds? Sure. Um, New Minds is our um, LLC, our umbrella company. Um, it comes from Romans 12, 2. Um, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be trained be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and we use this um, umbrella company um, for our ministry, mentoring, motivational speaking. Um, and it also is the parent company to New Minds Media, which um, help us put out that, put out our book. Yeah. So um, let's go to that. Let's talk about that that book in that way. I, I do this often when I'm on an interview in the radio with people, but I find it uh, to be something that that all of us, have in common, and that is when we have an inspirational moment, when we're moved to do something, there, there's usually something that sparks it. Um, there's an inspiration, as I just said, or it's, it's a difficult situation, it's a positive, and we feel like, hey, this is what God is putting in my heart to respond to uh, that. So as you think about one of them, and uh, again, if you want to find out more information, there's lots of ways you can do it, but probably the best way is going to www.one, that is the numeral one, one of them.org. You can find out more there, but we have you guys in front of us. We don't need to go to a website. Tell us about that inspiration behind that. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, one of them, and you know, as it says, uh, so much more than the book. Um, we have songs out. Um, we call it a movement because that's exactly how it started. Um, being the youth pastor of First Baptist Church at Glenarden, um, responsible for multiple ministries as well as being an associate pastor, um, but we were actually meeting in the basement of my house with um, what we call our youth leadership council. Um, so we had about 20 something uh, young people and uh, about 
15 more young adults and we were preparing for see you at the pole. And I was encouraging the young people about praying at their flag forward school. Um, you know, my wife and I were just kind of motivating them. And, uh, you know, one of the young people raised their hand and said, you know, Rev, uh, that's their, you know, their, their <laughs> nickname for me, Rev, we, we with you when we want to, and we just don't want to be seen as one of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my oh, wow. immediate response was, well, what's wrong with being one of them? And what do you mean you don't want to be? And I forgot to have the empathy. So we ended up spending a, a critical, crucial amount of time having a conversation about what God expects from us and what yeah. it means yeah. to be one of them. Um, mm -hmm. So this was years ago. So it, it took us a while to really get it into a, a, a book format. Um, but the whole uh, idea of getting young people to not be ashamed of being on fire for Christ. That became the motivation Amen. for the book. Amen. So in this particular Amen. student, which I find interesting because language often means different things depending upon who's saying it, right? Mm -hmm. I say clean and I mean organized. My wife says clean and she means sanitized. So when you said one of them, right? <laughs> they might be related. Okay. All right. Hey, there you go, right? Uh, you had a particular definition of one of them. What was the mindset, if you can, of that particular student when they said one of them? Were they were they talking about someone who was ultra conservative, ultra non-open minded? What, what did that mean in their sight? And how did you have to basically take maybe an inaccurate idea of the calling of being one of them and putting it in a biblical context and make it accurate? Yeah. So they, I mean, it was very clear. These were young people who helped me plan retreats. These were young people who, who are a part of a leadership council, which means they were set aside to help um, you know, really take the ministry to another level. So they weren't strangers to the gospel or what we were called to do. But when they said they didn't want to be one of them, that means they didn't want to be ridiculed, looked at, um, some may call it being a Jesus freak, a church boy, church girl. They didn't want to have the stigma attached to them in public spaces that they felt was reserved only for um, their church environment. Mm. So the goal was to get them to understand that um, God doesn't call them to be uh, on fire or spreading the gospel on certain situations or in certain locations. Yeah, that'll preach to whether you're in high school or college or whether you're an adult and you try to separate inaccurately this difference that we often do between sacred and secular. There, there is no difference. Yes. It's, yes. Um, I, I remember hearing someone on the radio one day talk about someone they'd met and they asked the person what they did. And I don't even remember what they said. I just remember how cleverly they said it. They said something like this. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, cleverly disguised as an assembly line worker, right? Mm. And, and they, they had it right in this calling of their life. And when we go to your website, it talks about this, this idea about the book. It's designed to help encourage people around the reality of, of, of who they are in the calling. Matthew chapter 28, any of us who've spent any time uh, in, in church for any amount of time, and certainly if we've gone to any Bible school or seminary, the Great Commission, where Jesus himself says, go into all the world, right? And this idea of making disciples, uh, helping people understand what it means to follow is there. And that's the emphasis. You encourage the reader to, to, uh, to, to win people to the truth about Jesus Christ and to make disciples. How do you then encourage them? How do you go about doing that? Especially in, you know, a world that we have that many times people say, ah, you know, you're, we've apparently gotten rid of the, you don't talk about politics scenario a long time ago, but still in many cases, people are like, hey, you know, keep your faith to yourself. It's supposed to be personal, but that's not what Jesus calls us to do. Um, so uh, from our standpoint, we use kind of, we encourage our young people and our young adults to use like the oscillating fan to go back from evangelism 
to discipleship, to really be bold and to share the faith that you have with other people. Um, but at the same time, not just leave them, teach them, walk with them um, through the process, share with them your, um, your, your church, um, your teaching ministries, things that will actually um, grow and teach and encourage them to continue beyond just that conversation. Mm -hmm. one, of, one of the cool things that we did with one of them is that every devotion, the, the, the book is comprised of 30 devotions. Every devotion has a scripture that uses the word them. Um, so to some of them, he gave power to become children of God. Um, one of them realized he was healed and went back to thank God. Jesus said, forgive them, um, Father, for they know not what they do. So we, we made it um, clever in a way for them to look into the scriptures and see themselves um, as one of them. Mm, that's yeah, cool. I, I love that's that emphasis cool. of, of that relatability, because I think there's a temptation in all of us to look at scripture and think, well, that's one of them, not one of us. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, but the people that that God used in scripture were just as uh, talented and just as broken as the people that God wants to use today, because it's really not about us. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit working through us Amen. in that way. And, and I know that we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I want to ask you to share a little bit about, you have a one of them five day Bible plan. If we go to the website, what is that? Well, um, it was a blessing. Um, I've been using the YouVersion Bible app and the different Bible plans for so many different things, especially in regards to um, getting um, our leaders engaged with doing something as a community. Um, so to have the opportunity, the one of them gives us five of our devotions are um, part of a five-day Bible plan on the YouVersion Bible app. Um, as of June, when we launched, we've had over 2,500 um, subscribers and close to 2,000 completions. Um, we, we're hearing from different people across the country who are using the Bible plan as an introduction to get um, people gathered to really start talking about what it means to be one of them, what it means to have this bold faith, especially in the world today with all of the things that we see going on, um, really seeing them grab hold of the attitude of really embracing being someone who is called, chosen, um, selected, anointed, appointed, whatever word you need to give yourself the motivation and inspiration to do the things that God has called you to do. Amen. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Well, you referred earlier on, and I, I kind of want to go back to that a little bit about one of them as a movement. Uh, going back to this idea that lots of times we use, you know, same words, but have different definitions of mm -hmm. it. It's really important, I think, that people know that your heart about what you mean when you say a movement, what does that mean to you? So movement is, is, is really designed to take the word movement and look at it as being the verb that it is designed. Yes. To be. So it's yes. something that requires action. So it's easy for somebody to recommend a book, get a book, read it. Even we even do it with the Bible. We read the word, we read the scriptures, we study, but we don't move. We don't do anything. We don't apply. Um, so we're all about application. One of them is strategically designed. It has challenges after every devotion. Will you go feed someone after this devotion? Will you um, go and pray for 10 people? Will you share uh, the gospel with people? We have challenges that require them to do something that will activate their faith. That's where the bold faith piece kicks in. So um, the movement, and of course we have music now. We have two songs that have been released. Uh, we have a video already out, another video coming. Uh, we have a a gospel hip hop song and a praise and worship song. So there are people all over grasping the the whole concept of what it means to be one of them. 
Mm. And that's such an important reminder, especially in the United States. We can begin to think that we believe something if we just intellectually do it, but that's never how the Bible's written. Uh, Francis Chan, you may be familiar with him, has a, a fairly popular little uh, thing on YouTube where he talks about that challenge, about how it's only with the Bible do we think that it's enough just to hear it and not do it. And he gives this illustration about telling his daughter to go clean a room and going back up and it not be clean. She goes, but I heard you, right? Uh, <laughs> and he quotes, she goes, I can even speak it back to you in Greek, right? Yeah. Or Hebrew, right? And, and as people who study scripture, you know, we spend a lot of time like, what does this mean in the Hebrew? What does this mean in Greek? And great if you know what it means, but it means to move. It means to do something mm-hmm. uh, in, in that way. And so uh, that, that's such a great reminder, especially when we think about the world that we live in now, it, it's always unique in every generation, but certainly as we've found ourselves over the last seven, eight, nine months, so to speak, in this pandemic, could you speak a little bit about how the pandemic and the social unrest and, and other things that, frankly, we're facing here in uh, the Washington metro area, we're facing in all of Virginia, Maryland, D.C., you know, out through the United States and throughout the world, how that directly affects this idea in the one of them movement that you're trying to encourage? Yeah, um, the one of them movement gives um, hope to the broken world that we're that we are existing in now. And with without hope, which um, society is seeing right now with the social unrest and the um, challenging situations with police, people are not seeing that hope visually. Mm-hmm. So the one of them movement actually um, reminds them that the hope is in Jesus Christ and that relationship yeah. and sharing the gospel with others so that they see that there, there is hope in this broken world. And with that hope, we love God, we love one another. We love God, we love people that are not like us. And mm-hmm. if we continue to um, share that movement with others, we possibly make an impact in that, you know, the social unrest and the misunderstandings that are happening in society today. Yeah, and especially one of the things that people are able to do, one of them has given an alternative to how people protest what they see going on in the world. Um, we talk about people being um, isolationists or they just want to separate completely. And then we have the people that want to over uh, become too much into the culture. One of them is designed for people to say, hey, I'm going to be a restorer. I'm going to restore God's image to the world. So if I'm going to a protest, I'm taking Jesus with me. If I'm going um, to do anything um, that is geared towards addressing what we see happening in this world, the gospel is the primary foundation of what we're doing. So one of them became, when we were going to the different um, protests, uh, we were under the umbrella of one of them and saying, hey, we're going to talk to people about God and talk to people about Jesus and see who needs to hear the gospel, especially during these trying times. Yeah, that's such a pertinent reminder about how we're supposed to live out being people of hope and in movement. There's a a section of scripture in first Peter chapter three, Dennis, that I think we probably brought more than a few times over the, you know, coming up, I don't know, 130, 40 shows now that we've done from first Peter that says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ but yeah. do it with gentleness and respect. And, you know, that's written in first Peter and the, and the people who were getting that were under the, the, the rule of Nero, right? That, that's a pretty oppressive scenario mm-hmm. that uh, the Holy spirit was still calling them to be people of hope. And, it, and the hope assumption here was they would see how you live, right? Yes. They would see how you live and that would be personifying yeah. your hope that then you could ask to it. And, and I, I love that challenge, Jonathan and Lena, that you're bringing that it's not just enough to believe hope, 
-hmm. That movement is you have to live hope. And then as you live that out, this, it presents an opportunity for the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is not just a declarative thing. It's an active thing in that way. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir on that, so I can start preaching. And in that way, Dennis, I know sometimes I start preaching, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's okay, man. Preach You're a good preacher. Pastor. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. if I can get a, if I can get a good amen, that made me feel better. Amen, you know, there you go. Thank you. Got you. Good Baptist folk over here. We'll, 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 thank you. We'll, uh, thank you. Uh, so well, you know I what, mean, Brian? If I yeah. could just say real quick, um, when Lena was talking, I mean, it's I love that. Uh, I got to get me one of those shirts, by the way. One of those, one of them shirts, man. I got to get one of those because I mean, that could be. We could put that out there in so many ways. I just remember, and I know it's not the gospel thing, but I just remember years ago when nine eleven. You know, there was so much chaos and so much junk and so much stuff going on. And, and somebody, I think it was in France, maybe, somebody said on 9-11 said, today, we're all Americans, right. you know, um, today, we're all Christians. Today, we're all believers, you know, in the fact that um, we're working towards something that's going to change the world. So thank you guys so much for this. It's very cool. That's what I was thinking of, man. Yeah. And so for, you know, Jonathan Lena, we talked about obviously, you know, what the inspiration was between writing the book. And again, it's one of them, and you can find out more information by going to www one, that's the numeral one, one of them.org. But what is your, you know, not just the inspiration, what do you hope it does? The book and the movie, what do you hope it sparks in people when they engage in the book or they engage in the Bible reading plan? What, what are you hoping it produces? Um, well, I mean, it's pretty much with any anybody who is accepted Jesus Christ, you automatically accept the assignment to carry out the Great Commission. Mm, amen. Um, I'll give you an so, amen on yes, that one. Yes, yes, thank yes, you. Yes. I appreciate it. So when we talk about winning souls and making disciples, that's what it's about. When we when we we want people to read one of them and engage in the scriptures that are presented, engage in the challenges, and basically take it upon themselves to say, I will not leave anyone behind. We present one of the analogies of a house that is on fire and that if you know the way out and you have Jesus Christ guiding you the way out, how dare you step over the bodies of those who are sleeping or those who do not know the way when you could be the person who helps bring them out of the fire. And of course, that has a, a double meaning because we're not just talking about a house on fire. We're talking about the eternal hellfire that you face if you do not allow yourself to become a follower of Jesus Christ. So the ultimate goal is for not just young people, but older people, um, anybody. It's, it's global in regards to the response that we expect for people to say, I am one of them. I'm going to bring bold faith to this broken world. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm going to be on fire for Christ. I'm going to let people know in every circumstance, every situation that I can, that there is a way out of this fire. Yeah. So, you know, one of the questions we like to ask that I didn't tell you I was going to ask, but I'm, I'm sure you can answer pretty quick, maybe in 60 seconds or so, would you just give us a story? Our listeners love to hear the stories of the impact when someone takes on a challenge. Have yes. you seen this change yes. some of those youth group kids, so to speak? You know, I, you can't see because you're listening to eyes of the people. Like, so Lena's eyes just got really big. I'm assuming she has about 100 stories she could give. Could you give me just one? <laughs> um, I'm actually pulling up a text message I just got last night from a young man in our youth group. His name is Gregory. And he basically said, What's up, Rev? I was able to use part one of the devotion, It's Not Over, to bring someone I used to go to school with to Christ today. 
He said Amen. it was deep. Amen. And I think we can all agree on that with the Marvel reference. So yeah. this is one of the young men who's basically, you know, sending in a praise report that just yesterday he was able to lead someone to Christ based on using the example of one of the devotions. Um, yeah. There's plenty more, trust me. Oh, there's man, but I tell you cool. what, I have to tell you, that's probably been the most up-to-date story of hope we've ever gotten when I've asked that question. So that is, yeah. that's just how God works in the way. Thank you both, John, and thank you, Lena, uh, for joining us today. Tell us about this. Uh, I, we do encourage, Dennis, for people to engage this, right? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, thank you. I mean, you guys are just fantastic, and we can feel the passion and, and the warmth in your hearts. So thank you so very much. Folks, thank if you, you want to get more, more information, you've heard Brian say it a couple of times now. You've heard Jonathan and Lena say it. Oneofthem.org. That's the number one, oneofthem.org. You can go there and get all the information you need. Or, hey, if you want to listen to this again, and I would urge you to do so, you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can always call me at the radio station, 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Jonathan, Lena, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your time. Um, Thank you all for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. The gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.